Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, as we round out talking with the different contributors that we have this year for the Firetime Magazine, I wanted to do something really special, and today's episode is actually going to be with the team that works behind the scenes every month to produce the magazine, and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. So this conversation that you're about to hear is between myself and three other people, and I just cannot tell you how much I love working with this team month in and month out to produce the Firetime magazine and ultimately almost the back end of everything that the Firetime network does. So I'm going to rewind back to about a year ago when Grant and I had the idea for putting out the Firetime magazine. Up until that point in time, it had really just been the two of us. Whatever idea we get, we talk about it, we try to do it the best that we can. If we need to, we maybe part-time, we hire a contractor to do some of the work, but the burden really fell squarely on me and Grant. Well, once we had the idea for the magazine, we realized that there was no possible way that we could do the work. We were totally unequipped to do everything that needed to be done. And so we started building a team. And we reached out to somebody that we knew absolutely excelled with graphics, but really hadn't done anything like this before. We reached out to somebody that we knew was excellent with words and organization. But again, they hadn't done anything exactly like this before. And in the four of us, it was kind of like us against the world, trying to figure out how do we accomplish this project in an extremely short amount of time and build it in a way that's sustainable. And what has come out of it is something incredible. So my hope for you listening to this is that you understand some of the things that are absolutely essential when making a team. This conversation is very organic, but there are some really important themes that I want you to pay attention to as we talk about what are the things that are the absolute foundation of a team that you have to have. When it comes to problem solving and looking at opportunity, how does a team look at this and discuss together whether it's best for us and how to take action? There's a lot in here. So I'm gonna jump out of the way. I've got some really specific thoughts at the end, but for now, I want you to go into it listening to what do I need to do to create a team that functions? And if I've got teams within my company that aren't working the way that I should, how could I actually lead with trust and humility and take some of the principles that we've used to grow the Firetime magazine and put them to use in your work day to day? Joining me from all over the Pacific Northwest are the members of the Firetime Magazine team. We've got Matt Bradley out of Redmond, Oregon, Christy Campbell out of Albany, Oregon, and the infamous Grant Falco out of Spokane, Washington. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Doing great, Tim. Doing really good, Tim. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation. I think that this team is really unique and special. 
And I thought it would be awesome to have us on just to talk about kind of how we came together and also how we operate just as a, as a blueprint so that folks can just think as they're building their own teams, like what are the dynamics that need to be in place to create an environment of success? But maybe before we do that, I'd, I'd like to maybe talk to Matt and Christy first, just a little bit about your background, and then we can just talk about our team. So you know, Christy, how did you get roped into this with the Firetime Magazine? Can you talk about what you do? Yeah. So what I do for the magazine is pretty much all the stuff that you see, all of um, the graphics for the magazine, and then some of the interface of getting it up up live for you to read it on your apps or on the browser. So I take the words that our editor has so eloquently um, put together and then make them look pretty. So my background, I mean, one of my biggest connections is to Tim. I've been doing some graphics work for him for some years, um, just at all the different places in life that he has been working in entrepreneurial things. So um, I was just pretty excited about the vision of the magazine and happy to be a part of something new. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And we've loved having you. Like, I mean, I think it's fair to say like we have been just dumbfounded at how good the graphics are in the magazine. Like they're shockingly, shockingly good. Yep. And it's cool to have you on the team. But I just have to ask, like, have you ever done anything like this before? No, not really. Definitely nothing like digital like this. Like I've done mostly different print stuff um, for some other fireplace companies and then random other like small organizations and nonprofits just a little bit, but um, nothing to this scale. So it's been a lot of fun, really fun um, to get to own something like this from the beginning. It's been a blast to get to kind of dream up with the team. What do we want this to feel like and look like, and then go after getting to kind of own how we want this experience to be and to create it from the ground up has been um, really special. Yeah, I love that. Matt, how about you? How'd you get ripped into this? Well, that's a very long story. I'll I'll give the short version, which is that a long time ago, <laughs> a long time ago, uh, Tim Reed and I used to play in failing punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same one, different ones. So twice the twice the damage to listeners' ears there. <laughs> and um we have been good friends ever since, and uh, about a year, year and a half ago, started working for Tim in a variety of different capacities while I was still teaching full-time because that's the career I, I come from. I was a high school and college English teacher for a decade, and uh, then when Tim got the idea for Tim and Grant got the idea for the magazine, um, they asked if I would do the content administration, which was just getting people to turn stuff in, which was right up my alley because again, I was a teacher. So I had some experience in that. And then also editing it and compiling it and sending it all to to Christy. So that's how that's how I got roped in, I guess. Yeah. And I think that it's so funny, Grant, I, I'd like to I want to talk to you. It's funny having four people, you know, it's easy to to lose sense of the conversation. So I'll, I'll try to maybe direct it here. But I, I want to jump out of the way and ask you, Grant, like, we had this crazy idea for the magazine, you know, going on, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. And like when we, we knew we wanted to do it, like how would you say like that we've put the team together? Like how have we built a team to do this? I mean, Tim, to be fair, I wanted to do workshops. You wanted to do the magazine and uh, <laughs> this was, this was your idea. And with hearth and home, you know, coming to a close, it made total sense, you know, entering into it now that I think about it, 
I've said a lot with you in my life. I've said yes more than no. And I knew that we needed to say yes to this. But truthfully, I had no idea how it was, what it looked like. I think you had a head start in thinking about it and having, you know, Matt and Christy in the back of your mind, uh, which I think led us in the right path. And I trust you. I think the amazing thing about the team and our journey is, is as soon as Christy and Matt joined, joined the team, what was, what was so awesome from Tim and I's standpoint was Christy and Matt's belief in the magazine and belief in the, the movement of the Firetime uh, network and us just trying to help hearth retailers win, wanting to be involved in something bigger and not being afraid to take a risk. It's been pretty special. A lot of times, you know, I employ 36 people at Falco's here and to get team members to buy in is really difficult and is very special when it happens. And to Christy and Matt's credit, they have bought in and they trust you, Tim, and they trust me. And I think that has created a a baseline or a foundation that has been really strong in a short amount of time. As far as putting the team together, you know, in full disclosure, uh, Tim put the team together and, and, uh, Christy is, Tim's sister. I don't think that was mentioned earlier. I didn't know if we were saying that or yeah. what. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention that too, but then I was like, I thought maybe she didn't want to admit she was related to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was wondering too. No, but just kidding. But no, Tim, you, you saw something in each and every one of us and, and, and you deserve a lot of credit for putting this team together. And I just, I just can't tell you, all three of you, how special it has been to be on this journey. Even in just a short time, we have still not really all been together in the same room one time. Um, but yet there's a belief, a trust, a synergy uh, for something greater. And it's it's special. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I kind of like your your take, Matt and Christy, on this too. I, I think that what you underlined, Grant, trust, like that is the common denominator of like how the team was built. I, I think, is that fair, Christy and Matt? Yeah, totally. Because when you, when I think about when it was first put together and why I said yes to it, if I really have to think about it, I mean, it's a lot of fun and doing something vocationally that is a joy for me. But I think that um, I just really trusted the vision because this is a vision that is needed in our world and is relatable outside of just this industry. And I'm not someone that comes from this industry. So it's been neat how my um, passion and commitment to it has gotten to change and grow over the course of this last year or so. Um, But I think I can trust because you guys have laid out so well um, this vision for why this is needed. um, And I can connect with that vision on a lot of levels. So one thing that I want to ask, and Matt, maybe I'd like to get your take on trust too, because I feel like that is kind of the common denominator. Like we were, we were talking about this a little while ago that um, if any one of us got hit by a bus, like we'd be sunk. And that's normally like the opposite way of how you want to build a business. A lot of the time, the mentality behind a business is like, make everything so easy that a monkey could do it and then just go hire a million monkeys. And if one of them, you know, leaves, you're fine. And, and like, we've literally built this company the absolute opposite of that. Like, find linchpins that are uniquely able to do the thing that they can do the best and let them do it. 
and that actually takes like a ton of trust, right? Yeah, it turns out that all my years of teaching actually were just in preparation for the various tasks I now do for the fire time movement, which I'm glad we've come up with a name for it because, again, I've told this story before, but when you're an English teacher and you say, oh, I'm an English teacher, everyone's like, oh, I know exactly what you do. But then when I'm trying to explain what I do for the fire time movement, it it takes me 20 minutes. So now I just say, I work for the fire time movement and it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> but yeah, I think the the trust in that movement starts at the top. I mean, all jokes aside about Christy not wanting to be related to you. Uh, obviously, Tim, your integrity <laughs> and your personality are amazing. And, uh, you know, I've just really cherished our friendship and you're someone I've looked up to for a long time. And Grant, we've only known each other for a couple of years, but every interaction I've had with you, same exact thing, just you know, highest level of integrity, generous, open heart. And I think that you guys have done a great job of trusting uh, me and Christy with the content and overseeing, you know, some of those big um, publication uh, calls, but letting us kind of take on the day-to-day tasks of um, editing the writing, collecting the the, the writing, and then um, turning it into, you know, a, a designed magazine. So I think that the trust that you guys have shown us and the trust that we have in you is pretty evident. Also, Christy and I, you know, I feel like we work super well together. Um, you know, if we say we're going to get something done, we're going to get it done. Now, to be fair, not always on the timeline we originally <laughs> say, okay, we're, we're working. Hey, no, we're, <laughs> it gets done. <laughs> that's right. We're working on that, but we're both busy parents with many, uh, you know, with many tasks going on. But ultimately, you know, if we have a hard deadline, we know we cannot miss, we don't miss it. And, you know, we just communicate really easily and, and really well. Um, and I think that goes back to, you know, all of us, you know, genuinely caring about each other and the fact that honestly, I think all three of you just have great integrity and I'm just proud to work with you. So uh, that's what I would say about that question. Yeah, I'd say too, when you talk about the trust that um, Tim and Grant have put towards us also, Matt, I really feel that. And I think that that, that it kind of kind of feed each other. Um, we're trusting their leading and the vision. And then it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming, the trust that you're placing in us to make this happen. I remember the first night before the first prototype issue was going to go live. <laughs> the night I stayed up literally oh, all man. night. I finished at 630 in the morning when my son came in to my room in the morning. And, um, but I remember like 2 a.m. when my husband was asking me how I was feeling. And I was like, you know, there's just no other option. I am staying up all night. And it was a very overwhelming in a good way, <laughs> feeling of responsibility of like, these people have put their trust in me and this is going to happen. And it is on me right now. And I just, I had to step up to do it because of that trust. And I felt it. Yeah. I think you've seen that up all night scenario with virtually all of us. I mean, Grant, uh, I won't forget that meeting where you came in. You're like, guys, I've, I've spent all night looking at this you know, new way that we're going to approach advertising in the magazine. I know Tim and Christy, you put in really late nights. I remember the, uh, the first actual issue, um, you know, when we used to not, I used to not be able to edit in InDesign. So you would send it to me and then I would make notes on the, on the design and send it back to you. And I remember literally falling asleep at my computer at one <laughs> 30 in the morning and Tim called me and was like, how's it going? And I woke up, I was like, Oh, it's going great. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> but, but, you know, I think all of us have had those late nights. And again, I think it's because we all genuinely care about this project and we all really care 
about the industry. You know, like I said, I've only been in the industry for about a year and a half now. Came from a very different career, but I've loved the people that I've met. I, I believe in this movement, and I again, I really believe in Tim and Grant and Christie. So uh, it's been it's been super fun, and I think that's why all of us are willing to put in those late nights when when they come up. You know, hmm. so. I guess maybe to follow up, I'd like to riff on this question a little bit. So if someone's listening to this thinking like, you know, how do you construct a team? I mean, number one, it, like a team's got to be built on trust, period. And I actually think that trust has to be given. It, that Like you don't, I would say, this might be controversial, you don't earn trust. As a leader, you have to give trust to someone who has not necessarily earned it. And um, they can lose that trust, obviously, if, if they totally run things off the rails. But like, you got to lead with trust. Like when you build a team, you have to trust people to do the work. And I just feel like that has got to be the core foundation. The next thing is, I want to kind of get into like, why is it that we work well together? Like, right? So as a team, everybody seems to know what, what they do. And, and maybe that's part of why we work well together. But like, how would you guys answer that question? Well... I can answer for myself. I think that this t- team challenges me in ways that I, uh, you know, aren't, am not normally challenged. I think my starting with my relationship with Tim, Tim challenged me. Tim wasn't afraid to question certain things, wasn't afraid to to help me understand things differently. And and Christy and, and Matt, you the same. You guys come from different worlds and we're all uniquely set up to be extremely confident in those worlds and we're not afraid to say no we're not afraid to say is there maybe a better way we we don't take offense to the challenge uh if if someone says there's something different i think uh our our own individual talents and being a cog in the wheel has has allowed us to to grow and i think formulate a team a lot faster. And I think that actually starts with your point, Tim, of giving away trust. I think like Christy being up late that first night and my my heart sinks. Now, okay, not not being up late, literally being up, up all, all night. night. Being up all <laughs> night. Yeah. If 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 we if we didn't give the trust to Christy, you know, the, the willingness may not be there. When you give the trust, there's a, a burden, almost a good burden and a willingness that comes out like, I'm going to get this done. I've never heard, you know, earn trust versus give trust. I think you kind of spurred that on us, but I, I 100% believe it. And all of us will bend over backwards for each other because we have respect for each other. We trust each other. We believe in what each other are trying to do. And more importantly, we value each other's uh, worth and their talents. Yeah, I 100% agree, Grant. I also think a big component in that is communication, um, like the clarity of communication that we've had from the beginning. Because we have that level of trust with each other, the communication to be able to be to be kind and to be upfront and to be clear and to have a short record and to... Um, to know that when we disagree or push back, we have each other's best interests in mind and we respect each other so we can do that in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, to thinking about what you said, Grant, I think that word respect is super key. So I think that one thing with with all of us in in you know the Firetime magazine is we know what our roles are. So, you know, Matt, you are over administrating the content and being the editor for the magazine. That's your domain and you you own that. Um, Christy, anything graphic related, anything visual branding related is, is you. 
you know, for me and Grant, we we split some duties when it comes to working with advertisers and how we how we divvy content. I tend to do more writing, where Grant tends to seek out guests and do more interviews. Um, and and it, it makes me think that like there is a shared level of respect because the authority has been given in each of these different areas. So so we might disagree with each other, but ultimately it seems like whoever's got the authority it's kind of their call to make and they and they might listen to other voices and either respectfully disagree or or choose to continue to you know go forward with it but that idea of like it's like a combination of respect and authority it's like there's a shared respect that we care about each other enough that we're going to we're going to critique and give feedback in a way that is gracious doesn't graciousness doesn't mean like not animated or excited or intense but like we're going to be gracious with our heart behind it and there is a respect of the authority that each of us has, you know, like, you know, Matt's not calling Christy and being like, Hey, I think that you need to use some, like a different color palette for this article. It's like, no, like that's Christy's domain in the same way that I'm not calling Matt and being like, you know, I don't, I don't think that we should, you know, use our grammar style quite this way in the magazine. You know, it's like, there's a shared respect and authority. Yeah. I think that respect is, uh, such a, crucial word there and I also and this might be kind of an unexpected answer to the question but I think a lot of it does go down to shared worldview um, even even to the point of, of faith and just an offshoot of that one thing that you wrote in the journey Tim that I thought was so indicative of that was you say something along the lines of and I know because I've edited the journey many times <laughs> uh, but you say something along the lines of I was starting to believe that giving things away was a superpower but I, I didn't fully throw myself into it and I think that all of us kind of have that that attitude that giving things away is a superpower and that we have faith in that, we have trust in that, that, um, you know, the more that you give away, uh, the more that in the long run you're fulfilled. And I think that's a huge piece of it is that that idea of that giving things away is a superpower. And I think all of us feel that way on our team, but also with the magazine as a whole. And then I also just think our differences is is huge. You know, like Grant's mind is all in the world of, you know, how to set this up so that the advertising is working for the readers of the magazine and so that it's working for the partners who are advertising with us. Yeah. Tim, you know, had the vision of putting the magazine together in the first place and really has a special gift for producing unique content and and knowing what to put in the magazine. Christy obviously has an eye for design that uh, you know, is unparalleled on the team. And then, you know, I I have a passion for writing and I've got to say these audio articles have been super fun too. I'm not going to lie. That's been one of my favorite parts. <laughs> so you put all those together, you're, you got a lot of different skills and we also have very different personalities. We also have very different personalities, but we have the same goal, which is again, this idea that giving things away is a superpower, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's why we work well together in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I have to acknowledge, you know, the the mix like what you what you pointed out there is the mix of the the four of us really just is is pretty special and I don't know how <laughs> I I hate to use the word lucky but I feel like for the four people that are in this in this team and and you know we're looking to add I don't want to leave anybody out Sam's hopefully going to be joining this team soon but the but the four people in the the value is different for each one of us and in, in what we bring to the team and the respect factors in there, but the mix is as good as it gets. You couldn't find people that, um, I mean, I don't want to say, I, I think you used the word different and I think that is true, but that we're like pieces of a puzzle that fit really well together. We're uniquely designed. We're not the same piece, but 
we fit really well. And and I honestly you get off our our Zoom calls, you guys, and generally text him and just say, I can't believe how lucky we are. Oh yeah. Like almost every almost every call. It is. And uh yeah, so it's it's special and, and a little bit of luck too. I just can't be more appreciative of that. I mean, as simple as that analogy is as a puzzle, I like that because when you take the analogy further, it's these pieces that are making this picture, this vision. And so for us and all of our differences, like you said, Matt, to be able to share in the same values, um, in this case, a lot of it in being like generosity and giving things away are going to produce a lot of good that we can all, when we all work together, we can create this same shared picture that I think is a, uh, in the short term and also sharing the long view of that picture. Yeah. Well, this is related and and where I want to go next is to talk about how we approach opportunity. So, you know, if you're in your business and you're trying to put together a leadership team or an installation team, you know, my hope is that you can you can really be thinking about some of these principles, the principle of trust and respect and giving authority. But for everybody, there are a lot of opportunities out there. There's more opportunity than you're ever going to be able to go out and get. And I think that this conversation about our differences and also respect plays into this, but I just want to tee this up. How is it that we as a team approach opportunity? Uh, Tim calls you at five in the morning and says, hey, I've been thinking all night about this opportunity. Should we take it? (laughs) And then I say, I don't know. We're really busy. And then Tim says, I think it's a no brainer. And that's how we approach. That's how, that's how, that's how how Tim and I approach opportunity. I I can't speak for everyone else's uh, experience on that, but that's mine. I think it's Tim's uh, talents. Yeah, for sure. You know, our seeing opportunities. I think the, you know, speaking, speaking to the mix of the team, I think, Tim has always said there's 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 this good balance between Tim and I, and I find myself having to say no or be relu- not reluctant, but like slow to say cautious. yes, cautious to say yes. And uh, I have a, 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 some team members within Falcos here where there's a lot of ideas, um, and there's a lot of good opportunities in those ideas, and, but it's impossible to work on all of them. And so I, I would say that the mix is really good. I think there's, there's a mix between the, the, the dynamic here that isn't afraid to say no or that that needs to wait. I think Tim does have perspective once he starts to, 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 starts to get into the opportunity on how to prioritize that opportunity. I think we're, we're not afraid to throw things at the wall and let them stick, but we're also not afraid to say that's, and, and Tim just recently with an idea, after he got done with the idea goes, yeah, I think this is probably like a 20, end of 2022, 2023 idea. And that's realistic. The plan and execution have to come a part of that. And we can't take away from the things we've already committed to right now. So I would say we aren't afraid to take on opportunity, but we are, I think, in, in a really good way, cautious about it too. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I feel like my role in it is always asking a thousand questions about every idea because I know that we all want to really get to the heart of it to make sure like, what are the values and the goals of this opportunity? Does it align with what our core values and mission is? And then if yes, is it now or later? Yeah. I feel Christy, like your role is absolutely bringing us back to the big picture, asking questions about, is this in line with where we want the company to go? Do we want to jump into this? You know, when it's going to take us, 
off course of where we said it was that we were that we were trying to head. You know, uh, I I have a lot of ideas and there's a lot of things I think are really good. And and you know, Matt, I know that you're awake at four a.m. every day, so That's I can right. call you at five after I've slept <laughs> in an extra hour. And but and and I feel like your job is in a lot of ways with something like this to kind of be my sounding board right on like oh man tim you know i'm already so strapped on this i don't know if we can do it and and grant does the same thing but from a different perspective i think that grant with your holistic logistical knowledge of like how to get things done and what is the most important it's it's really important and and i'm not the only one that comes to the table with ideas but uh in this example here i i do come with a lot of ideas and i think that the heart behind this of how we approach opportunity is we it like it's not something that any one person makes a decision about what it is is it has to run through the filter almost where this idea comes up and you know matt you're going to be asking questions like hey from like a day-to-day working perspective it takes this long to edit articles it takes this long to do audio articles who do we have that's going to help with this is it wise for us to load this much more on our plate. Christy, you're going to be asking just a lot of questions holistically. How does this fit in with where we want to go as a company? Does this does this serve the the mission and the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish? And Grant, you're I feel like you're looking at things from a very high level and thinking like logistically about like in the plan of what we're trying to do in the coming months and years does this stack up as something so important we need to alter course or push things aside? And it's in that combination of a sounding board that we can make a good decision. And we, I don't think we haven't come to a point yet where there's enough disagreement that we don't make a decision or that like one person forces the issue. It seems like as we go through the filter, we always make a decision together, but that decision is very often not the original idea. Yes. I just want to add something to that. As you were going through that, Tim, I think something that is is fairly special is there's not there's not one person on our team that needs to be right. You know, there's not an ego attached to our decision making. And I see that within teams and even within my own team and sometimes even within me. Sometimes when we come up with an idea, we push it through because we feel like we have to be right. What's pretty awesome about this group, and as you were you were articulating that, everybody does listen. We're not afraid to say how we feel or or to share our differences, but we listen. We understand, you know, why we're doing this. And I would say that every time we've ended up making a decision, it's been a decision together. We'll get back to our conversation with the Fire Time Magazine team in just one second. Hey, if you're listening to this conversation and thinking, my goodness, I want to build a team like this. I want to have a team that operates off of trust and works well with each other and solves problems and goes out and crushes new opportunity. How do I do it? Well, I'll tell you, a key way is to check out one of our Fire Time workshops coming up. So in May of 2022, we're hosting a workshop in Seattle, Washington, and one in Lee, Massachusetts. And we are going to take the better part of three days in person going over an execution process to help you create a team and a company that excels at what they do. Now, Everybody that you're listening to on this podcast will be there in person, and we want to work with you and take you through the different aspects of running your business so by the time you come out, you have the plan to get you there and the strategy to 
actually get things done. Now, not only is it going to be our team working with you, but you're also going to be paired up with non-competitive retailers to help you in the coming months. So as you've been listening to this episode and past podcast episodes, if you want to make sure that you are building your foundation right, then get to a Firetime workshop this year. To sign up, you can go to itsfiretime.com slash workshop. That's itsfiretime.com slash workshop. And I'll tell you, if you can't afford to go fly out to one of these areas for the in-person workshop, you can get an online version for a fraction of the cost. To sign up, go to itsfiretime.com slash workshop. So can we do this? I'd like to just lay out really practically, is there a recent time where like we looked at an opportunity and kind of ironed out what the opportunity was and what our plan was going to be for it? Yeah, I was thinking about that with audio articles. There we go. And I I, I think one one kind of another way to think about it, I was reading something about the difference between wisdom and prudence today. And I think this all ties in. So I think Grant, you and Tim really come up with the vision, which is we want to reach as many retailers in the industry and help as many retailers in the industry succeed as we possibly can. So that's the vision. And then Christy has the wisdom, you know, to look at that big picture vision. And then I kind of ask those prudential questions like, you know, is it possible on the day to day? So with the audio articles, you know, we said, okay, we want to expand our reach. We want to make sure that, you know, I think it was you, Tim, who said something along the lines of, you know, how can we make the magazine more accessible? And then Grant, you know, and then Grant said, well, you know, I love audio articles. And you and him kind of talked about, yeah, that makes sense. If you're if you're in your truck as an installer or working on the road, you know, having these audio articles is is uh, you know a really huge advantage. And then Christy asked some of those questions about you know how that would fit in with the overall feel of the magazine and what it would contribute uh, to to our larger vision. And then you know I kind of said, well, I think we could probably do that for four to start, and then if it works, you know, we could see if we could expand it. So. That was, I mean, that's just a simple example, and I might have got different parts of the conversation wrong, but that was an example of an opportunity that we saw and within 30 minutes had decided, okay, we're doing this literally in three weeks. Like, we're going to start doing this in three weeks. And I, so I think that's the thing is it kind of goes back to something Grant said that we don't jump on every idea right away. But if we see an opportunity that's really good, you know, I don't think we're afraid at all to, to seize it very quickly. And because of our combination of, you guys have this larger vision. Christy's always asking those questions. Is this in line with the larger vision? And I'm kind of on the day-to-day, like, how are we going to actually make this happen? You know, we can make things happen pretty quickly. And I think the audio articles um, is an example of that. Yeah, I think so. And only one thing that I would add to that is I remember in the audio article conversation, um, there was a little bit of back and forth of unsure of how quickly we could release it and how many we could do at the beginning. And I think in the end, we ended up like just throwing an uh, audible, um, no pun intended, uh, and added one audio article Yeah, like to the, the issue that was coming out like a week after that conversation. And what I noticed in that, which is really important in this decision-making process is flexibility mm-hmm. that we're willing to continue to communicate and be, be flexible um, as we begin to implement decisions that, it doesn't always go exactly as we plan that it will. And we're all gracious and flexible in that process. And in the decision, if it's expedited and fast, there's reasons behind it. As we, you know, we talked about the audio, we, we got it. The audio reads got going pretty quickly, but it came back to our vision is to help the hearth retailer. 
our decision to do audio is to reach more people and be easier for them to listen or take in our content. And therefore, we put it to the top of the list. And I think that's exactly how um, the decision should come uh, to fruition. I, I believe that sometimes, you know, there's other ideas that are great, equally as great, but they don't ultimately fit the why we need to do it now, and it goes to a later time period. And again, it goes back to the mix between all of us that really the respect and the mix um, that allows those decisions to be made in, a, in, in the right fashion. Yeah. So it, it, just thinking about this, like we approach opportunity, I think, cautiously, but unafraid when needed to make a quick decision out of wisdom. And I think, Tim, again, to go back to giving you the credit that you very rightfully deserve, I think you're always looking for opportunity. Like, I think that's huge, you know? And again, I, I joke that, you know, about that call at five in the morning, <laughs> but that's that's one of the most inspirational things about working for this team as well, is that we are constantly looking for ways to get better. And I think so much of that comes back to Tim's always looking for new opportunities to develop this and make it align with the vision that you and Grant, you know, have set out from the beginning. So I definitely think that's a piece of how we handle opportunity. It's fair to say the Firetime magazine and, and we wouldn't be doing this podcast if, you know, Tim didn't see opportunities and, uh, and, you know, that truly is how, I mean, I signed on just like you guys did a couple of years ago, but Tim saw the opportunity. Even I think Tim probably saw the opportunity before he even realized the opportunity. And, and that's what's special about Tim. And, and that's why Tim has us who uh, respect and believe in those opportunities. And sometimes, yes, we have to say no or be cautious to it for practical reasons, but doesn't mean that we're not confident in what that opportunity would, uh, you know, yield. <laughs> mm-hmm. That means a lot. And I, I think for me, one of the big things is, as people are thinking about crafting their own teams is to realize that every single person has been gifted uniquely and that with that gift, there is a shadow side. So for me, there are ways I've been gifted and, you know, seeing opportunity and, and casting vision. And there absolutely is a shadow side with that. But I think what's cool is like, you know, Matt, we've known each other for 15 years. We've written songs together. And like, you know, when you write songs, like you literally destroy the ideas that somebody else in the band just produced out of a deep emotion and passion. And you have to learn how do you actually destroy and chop those ideas up into something good. And a lot of bands can't do that. And and, and for 15 years, we've actually been able through friendship and through this like semi, you know, working music relationship to learn how to communicate on that level. And then like Christy with you as my sister, obviously, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we've learned about each other just growing up and how to talk to each other and how to relate and grant with, with our deep friendship as well. What I feel like it's done for me is it has allowed me to really put my foot on the gas when it comes to like, where am I gifted? And, and I know I've got a shadow side, but I've got, I've got a backstop of three people that know me and that, and that can help keep me calibrated the right way and let me know when I'm going off the rails. And guys, I'm just telling you, like, as you're making your own team, being in touch with where are your giftings and what is your shadow side and make your team aware of your shadow side. That is so powerful and and do the same for them. Like as you can build that trust and that respect, uh, I, I think that, that you can absolutely crush opportunity because when it comes your way, like you can approach it cautiously, but 
once you decide, hey, this is this is wise, we should do this, you're not sitting there saying, okay, well, let's run a, uh, a focus group. Okay, let's get the, can you, Grant, could you put this focus group together? And then Christy, could you analyze the data from that focus group? And Matt, you know, if you could just be there, you know, just to make sure that the the forms that go to the, for, the focus group are spelled right, you know, so that no one misunderstands what the focus group is about. I'm, I'm painting this fictitious scenario, but like that's analysis paralysis, right? There's wisdom in testing things for sure, but at the same time as that, for many companies, they're so stuck not wanting to get blamed if it goes wrong, or there's so much ego involved that if we're going to do this, I have to lead it or I have to do this thing, that I think that by the shared trust and respect and, and knowing our strengths and knowing our shadow side, we can just look at the opportunity cautiously and say, yeah, this is it. And and we need to jump on this so we can actually start to move quickly. There's a book called The Speed of Trust. And it's about how basically like when a team trusts each other, you can actually start talking in half sentences. And teams that, that don't have trust, they pay a trust tax. And it actually impacts drastically how fast they can move. Yeah, I think all of that's so important. And I think a big part of it is um, going back to the ego shadow side, like first off acknowledging those things is so important and also acknowledging that they're not easy to get over. You know, your weaknesses are not easy to overcome. And uh, as a result, that's why I think we work so well together because we compensate for those. Like it's not like, so this is going to seem like it's not connected, but it is. I don't know. A year and a half ago, Tim called me. (laughs) I was like, Matt, I, I found a guitar for my birthday, but it's, you know, X number of dollars over budget. And it's like eight hours away. And if I want to go get it, I have to go tonight. And I've got 10 things going on. Should I do it? And I was like, Tim, no, absolutely not. You know, I think you're too busy. And it sounds like it's out of budget. And Tim's like, you know, that's really good. That's wise. Thanks. Thanks for speaking wisdom. Calls me back two hours later. Matt, I'm in the car. I'm, I'm headed to get the guitar. Now, he, he shows me this guitar six months later. It's amazing. He totally made the right choice. And I think that reveals my shadow side. Like I can be overly cautious, you know, whereas, uh, you know, Tim sometimes can be overly ambitious and it's not like working together, my overly cautious attitude or Tim's overly ambitious attitude gets erased. It's that when push comes to shove, ultimately, usually the right choice gets made because we compensate for each other. And that's only possible because of trust. And I think it's also only possible going back to the generosity because ultimately, all of us view what we're giving others as more important than our egos. And I think that's so crucial. Like, and I think that actually comes back to teaching for me. You know, the reality is, as a teacher, if you want to be really good at it, you have to put your ego aside and say, what is the best way to teach the best content to the students? And your ego just can't be involved in it. And music is the same way. You know, if you, if you really want to produce the best music that you can, which Tim and I were limited in our <laughs> artistic capacity, so it never got that good. But it did get better because we were able, you know, to put our egos aside and say, you know what, that's really not as good as we could do. And so I think that's a huge piece of it, too, is one way to going back to all of your questions about how to work together. One way to do it is put your ego aside by saying, you know, the thing that we're working towards is so much more important than any one of us individually, that we're working towards something greater than ourselves, And that's, that's, you know, going back to what you were saying, Grant, even when I see in myself, those moments where my ego gets in the way, or all of a sudden I'm feeling bruised because of something, I just think that's irrelevant because the reality is that's how this is going to be the best it can possibly be is if we set ego aside, stay focused on the goal and stay focused on the people we're serving, not on us individually. You know what I think about as you say that, Matt, like, that idea of something bigger than ourselves is 
it's powerful because that is what kind of binds everyone together. And it kind of gives each of us unique passion. So I think that like when you've got this vision that's bigger than any of us that we all want to see succeed, we don't have to be the center of attention because our purpose is only to propel the vision forward. The, the thing that I think about though too is that that vision, it gives each of us different passion in different ways. So like for me, you know, I'm, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Like my default mode is, is intensity. It's just, it's the way that, you know, I'm, I'm wired, but there have been different moments in our time together where I would say every single one of us has gotten just as intense as me, if not more about an initiative. Like Grant, I'm thinking about like the latest one was with you where we looked at our advertising model from 2021 and felt like it was really rigid and you you know, put in some serious late nights and like you literally called me up and you said, Hey, can I just get like 30 minutes right now on a zoom call? I mean, I'm like, (laughs) uh, okay. And you literally had a slide deck built and you took me through a slide deck and like I, the intensity of that. And then you, you brought it to the team and like, we're feeling the intensity of grant and, and like, it was so obvious it was the right idea. We've had the same thing like Matt with you on the Firetime Journal, the printed issue that we're going to put out. Like you have been relentless. Like we are doing this. Like this is the right move. Christy, for you, I feel like the way that you have built branding for the magazine, like this is our brand. This is how we're going to present ourselves. Like each of us has had these different moments of intensity because we're rallied around the vision. And where I want to go to next, and maybe maybe the advertising spot is a good place to to kick off but i want to talk about how we solve problems you know for you on your teams like you're going to have problems that come up and this could be personnel related this could be external it could be you know a new product line you want to go into regulation changes a difficult product to install but the way that we solve problems is a big deal and and grant maybe you could tee up the way that we felt like we ran into a problem with how we had drawn up advertising and then what do we do to solve it? Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in this, and I think in most cases you, you have to listen, you, you have to identify the problem by listening. And, you know, I think me and you went into last year understanding that we had limitations and that we could build this advertising plan and this magazine in literally one way, the easiest way to get it done. Cause We'd never done this before. We had never put this together. So we simplified our advertising plan in year one, which we found through listening wasn't as you know conducive as it needed to be for our advertising partners to to jump on board. Well, and I'll go as far as to say it was it was very rigid. Yeah. It was extremely rigid. And there was reasons why. But honestly, a lot of it last year, it came down, I think, to my intensity. Look, this is how we're gonna do it. We've got literally three weeks. So this is it. You know, and and I think it was right just because we listened and there was problems and we've changed. It doesn't mean it was wrong. It was right. It was right. It was how we got to this year. Uh, it, it, it got us through this year. It, it funded it. We felt good about it. But we had to realize that I think coming out of the gates, us being two retailers who are putting this magazine together and also now asking for advertising dollars. I think that we're so anxious sometimes to get people to change we weren't focusing on getting people to like buy in and join 
And I think that listening this year and, and thinking how can we make it easier for people to understand advertising, but also consume the content and, and find the value. Yeah. And so we, we, we changed up our advertising basically through listening to the manufacturers and the readers and the, the partners in telling us kind of the struggles that they have. I mean, and, I don't know. I, and I guess, go ahead. Sorry to jump in because I want to get Matt and Christie's take on this too. So like we've got this problem where our, our, our 2021 advertising was very rigid and we feel like we need to find a, a way that's more flexible for people to work with us. Like how do you, how do you guys feel like we approach that problem? Um, I think I, I think about two things. Well, I feel like the first step um, I think of is just humility. Like I, I think that, to be able to solve the problem well, going back to our ego, like we can't be worried about saving face, um, the humility to want to make it right and to want to meet needs with the most integrity and the best that we are, have the resources and are able to do. And um, yeah, so I think that that is really huge. And um, just in terms of purely the problem solving process, I also think of not doing it alone. Like I think that when we when we realize the problems that we need to solve, like my first thought is like, I'm going to pick up the phone and call someone on our team and talk about it. Um, the, the shared discussion I think is really key. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go back to the advertising just real quick to kind of round it out, you know, through listening to the problems that our partners encountered or the people, our readers encountered, you know, what we came up with in, in, in year two, I think is extraordinarily special. I think truly, and it's, because it's what the industry said they wanted. So we came up with more flexible uh, advertising opportunities. We created more options at a lesser price uh, simply to make it more feasible for more manufacturers to participate. Then we put out for readers an audio version of every article, which is exciting because so many of us, you know, download audiobooks or use audible to, to learn and to take in information. And I think for sales reps and installers and service techs and bid purse people listening is easy, easier than maybe reading at this time in this crazy world. And then we also listen to the print version. We understand the industry is earning for more more of a print version and and we're coming out with something pretty special in the journal and those are solutions to the problems we listen to and i think that is a huge part of of what we need to do as a team what we need to do as the fire time network is solve the problems whether internal or external and in our industry and that was just one example in which we've done yeah and i think what happened especially going back to that advertising thing is you know, the the initial advertising model that we had in 2021, it kind of screamed Tim Reed, intensity, fast, we're moving, we're doing this. In 2022, I feel like it has become so much better because Grant, you were able to come in and look at the strengths of what we laid out, but then compensate for the weaknesses. You have a different personality than me and you can think, well, wait, what would what would I do if, if I was this company that couldn't afford this? Or what would I do if I was this company that had to advertise in these months and our old situation didn't allow for that? And I feel like you were able to keep the best things about the, the model that we used last year that was largely spearheaded by me, but round out some severe weaknesses that I had just missed. And I think that that was really, really special. As we round out here, I want to ask you guys a final question and Matt, maybe we could start with you. So we've talked about opportunity. We've talked about solving problems, right? We need to listen and we need to have humility, right? That's how we start to solve problems. 
But once we decide, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to, you know, jump into this new initiative, we're going to, we need to solve this problem that came up. Starting with you, Matt, how do we actually get things done? How do we execute? Yeah, I think from there, honestly, what we do is we sit on our Zoom call and brainstorm ideas. And sometimes that will inspire someone to come up with a strategy totally outside of the call. Uh, whether that's the strategy for graphic design or the strategy for the layout of the print magazine that Christy and I kind of jumped on or the strategy for advertising that Grant jumped on, you know, a lot of times that brainstorming will inspire one of us to kind of create a larger strategy. And then we bring that strategy back to the group and kind of assign tasks and modify the strategy based on the feedback we get from the group. So honestly, that's the practical piece of it. I think it's group brainstorming which often inspires individual strategizing that's then brought back to the group and then tasks are delegated and and the the strategy is modified based on based on what we think of it as a group but I, honestly I think that's how it works most of the time if you look at our meetings yeah I'd agree so we brainstorm as a group and we divvy out these tasks how do you like Christy for you like how do you prioritize your individual tasks and like not let stuff fall through the cracks? Like, does the rhythm of constant communication with the team plus that trust, like, does that just create accountability? Or like, how is it that you're actually able to execute on all the things that you have? I think that the rhythm of the team meetings is a big part of the accountability. It's nice to have a really clear deadline of, okay, I, I received these tasks and I want to continue to uphold the trust and responsibility they've given me. So I'm going to show up um, at the next meeting with these things done. I think for me, yeah, my job, because it's so creatively focused, is a little more interesting how I have to structure my own time because I have to, I set myself deadlines of exactly how many tasks I'm going to do on each workday. But there also is a serious um, momentum situation with creativity that some days something is there and some days it's not. And so I have to be flexible and patient with myself in the process. What I found, you know, I... (laughs) running a retail store and having multiple teams, you know, that I'm responsible for within this and within Falco's, I find that what this team does really well that I'm trying to implement and, and, and utilize in, in my own teams here at Falco's is we know what we're doing it for. We, we as a group really understand when we're tackling something and you can say the, the journal, why are we doing it? What do we want to get out of it? What are we doing it for? I think offers a clear path of execution that then if you put, you know, dates to it and you have, you give away trust, which creates, you know, this accountability that's special. Um, I think if you set the path and and it's clear on what you're doing, why you're doing it, uh, I think things kind of fall into place. I think it takes a lot of other things to make that work. But one of the things I notice in this group is, there's constant perspective being gained through that, through those Zoom calls where we're not afraid to ask questions because, you know, Christy and Matt are from outside the industry. They might need some perspective, but as they're asking questions, we gain perspective and ultimately have a clear path of execution, I feel, most of the time. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like the regular cadence of meetings is so crucial. I mean, Grant, we talk about this a lot it just in general is like a cadence of meetings, if they're run effectively, I, I think it 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 breeds accountability just naturally. Hey, I'm showing up to the meeting and like everybody knows what my tasks are. So like I'm accountable to this team because they're counting on me. I think at the same time, it also reminds us about the vision. Like literally, I mean, Grant, he texts me after every single Zoom call just about being like, Tim, I can't believe our team. I mean, like 
literally after our first Zoom call that we had together, like me and Grant called each other and like I was like almost in tears. I cannot believe that we are blessed to work with these people like Matt and Christy are just, they're rock stars. We don't, we don't deserve people like this on the team. And I think that that shared vision and alignment is so powerful. And then also just the clarity of like knowing exactly what we have to do. And, and you know, we have a small team, so we, we have the ability to maybe run that a little bit tighter than, than other companies that have a lot of people. But, but the main principle is like, if people don't really know what's expected of them, they're not going to be able to rise to the occasion with it. I think that that clarity and the regular meetings really, really help. The final question that I'd like to ask is this for people listening. So we've talked about, you know, how do we build a team? We, we start it by trust. That's, that's where it starts is by giving trust freely. We've talked about respect and authority over specific areas, approaching opportunity cautiously, but not being afraid to move quickly. We've talked about humility, listening, and then this, this rhythm of how we actually execute and get things done. Our, our team, I really believe is special. And in listening to this, my hope is that you feel some of the chemistry because it, it really is here. It's electric. But the final question, just to ask this for whoever wants to answer it, how many times have the four of us ever been in the same room? <laughs> Never. Zero. Zero. Well, we're going to a Seahawks game, and so we will be soon. Next yeah. week. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, soon. Next week is the first time we will have ever been in the same room together, all of us. I mean, Grant and Matt, you guys have never met each other face-to-face. Uh, no. <laughs> it's crazy. And Christy, you've met Grant once in person? Yeah, one time for the the photo shoot. Yes, and, and that was two years ago. I mean, yeah. that was bef- way before this. Yeah. So the point of this is that you can foster this type of community and trust in a lot of different ways. And obviously, if you can meet in person, like what a bonus. But the bigger point is that you can take people that are different and folks who you know don't work the same way and don't even live in the same place. And if you can rally around a common vision and have trust and humility as some of your core foundations, I think you can build a team that can absolutely knock down the objective that's in front of them. Yeah, and I think that's actually connected to a final point that I want to make about how we get things done and just how we operate, which is, and this might seem obvious, but we like each other. And I would even say love each other, but I think that's important. Like, you know, there's an old saying in teaching that uh, students don't learn from teachers they don't like. And I think that's really true. It's hard when you're a student, if you really dislike or you feel like the teacher's not on your team, it's very hard to learn from that person. I think of Stanley from The Office who said, it says, you know, we don't have to like each other. We just have to work together. And Michael says, no, we have to love each other. We're all family. (laughs) And in the moment, you're kind of like, well, Michael, that's over romanticizing things as he tends to do. But I think there's a huge element of truth in that because the reality is it's not just that I don't want to let down Christy because I work with her, but I want Christy, if I say I'm going to get something done by Friday, I don't want Christy working over the weekend because I let her down. Or if I tell Tim and Grant I'm going to get something done, you know, it's not just because I want to make sure the magazine is a success, but I want to make sure that it doesn't get pushed to them because they're already too busy. Um, And when we have to tell each other, hey, I don't think that's a good idea, it's not just because we want the magazine to be a success, but also because we know that we're counting on each other for that. So I think the fact that we like each other, and I know that might seem idealistic, but really that's, that's so huge. And if your relationships with people on your team are, you know, tense or you know there is a lot of animosity it's very difficult to trust each other so i think the fact that we like each other is 
is huge. And I just wouldn't want to overlook that here as we wrap things up. Yeah. I think that's so true because that, that really implies that it is worth it to put the emphasis on the people and on the team. Um, It's not just about trying to accomplish all your goals. Um, It's not just about the end product. It it's going to pay off. It's worth the time and the investment in the team now, even if it feels like you don't have time for it. Yeah. It's special. I mean, it's, it's rare that each team member feels indebted to the team and I feel indebted to you guys. I feel like you guys, um, like I owe you so much. And so we all bring through feeling indebted to each other so much to the table. One of the things that I'll say though, that I've been really impressed with that we haven't touched on and we don't need to touch on any more than this is we also don't have everything together. We also don't know everything we're doing. We also don't know what the next two weeks sometimes is going to uh, hold for us. And this this group is fearless. And I think there's a lot of value in the the willingness to enter into the unknown as a team. And the trust in just that is huge. You guys are putting together this print journal that's never been done. And you guys are entering into this with no fear and excitement. And I just, I just love being a part of a team like that. So thank you. Yeah. You know, Matt, I think about what you said. It's not just that we like each other. It's that we love each other. And that is honestly true. I, I, I think about like the Greeks had three different words that they would use for love. And the one that you know we believe is the highest value is the word agape. And that is a self-sacrificial love that lays down, you know, your freedom or your what's what's good for you for someone else and i i laugh about this like literally when me and grant talk on the phone grant your wife texted jessica and she's like so are tim and grant just going to start signing off by saying like i love you now you know and literally like i mean when i i'm not joking when i call matt bradley probably like every other call ends with hey tim i love you i'll see you later I'm not joking, you know, and, and like, and because that sense of agape love that like, you know, I think about that scripture verse that like greater love has none than this, that, that someone lays down their life for their friends, you know, and, and that's what we want to build this on. And I think that, you know, if you want to have a team that's successful, having that mentality of self-sacrifice is important. And as the leader, you've got to lead the charge in there. You know, it's like, it's like trust. Like if you want to grow it, you have to show it first. So it has been amazing getting to chat with you guys. I mean, I so appreciate every single one of you and just care deeply for you. My hope is that this conversation has been able, been able to communicate how to build a team and also how to work together as you're trying to go out and take over whatever the objective is that you're trying to accomplish. So thanks for being here, guys. We appreciate it. Love you guys. Love you guys too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope you guys got value out of that conversation. I absolutely loved it. And I want to jump right in with some takeaways. So going into this conversation, I literally had no agenda. The team just, they didn't even know the direction I wanted to take the conversation until about five minutes before it. I wanted it to be a very organic conversation. But what's amazing is that there are some principles that came out of this that I just think that everybody should be paying attention to. The foundation of the way that we built our team was trust. I mean, it absolutely was. And it was trust given before trust earned. And I think that that concept is really, really important. If, if you want to get anything done. You have to lead with trust. And this doesn't mean being foolish, right? Christy and Matt 
had a track record of character before we did this, you know, and, and, and I don't think that we just gave them trust with no help or no responsibility, but our team figured out that if we were going to work together, the only way for us to do things as quickly as we needed to and as well was if we actually had full trust in each other. And that goes right into this idea of respect and authority. So our team is very small, but every person understands what they are responsible for and what they have authority over. And what that allows us to do is to make decisions and to to trust ourselves, but also when we have critiques and, and problems with the direction that something is going or the way that a team member is handling something, we can address it respectfully. And ultimately, you know, it's not it's not one of us trying to force or coerce the other person to make a different call on an area that they have authority over. It's us coming in with humility as a, an advisor to say, hey, I'm, I'm noticing this. I know that you have authority over it, but I, I want you just to know this as as we inform your decision. That idea of, of you know, the foundation of trust and then building on that respect for each other's excellence at what we do, but respect in the way that we talk to each other and understanding who has authority over what to make a call is just a really big deal. And it's like it's like this hierarchical you know, pyramid where, where, you know, we build on these, these core foundations and grow and grow and grow because that leads right into the way that we try to approach opportunity, you know, and, and we are not perfect at this. I'm, I'm so glad that I think it was Matt that said that at the end of the conversation, we are not perfect at this, but what I think has been really special is that as we meet regularly to talk about where we're trying to go and, and approaching opportunity, there's, there's, always somebody it's usually christy pulling us back to why do we exist if we go into this opportunity is it is it going to serve the mission of us trying to help and empower hearth retailers all over to win and to grow and protect our industry is it going to serve that mission or is this not i think also that approaching opportunity cautiously is really wise the, the team kind of joked around about my natural inclination, you know, to, to just pursue ideas and to, to think about things. And, you know, it's kind of the way that God made me is like to always be looking a couple steps ahead. Like, hey, where could we go? What would happen with this? Have we, have we even considered pushing into this? But at the same time as that, it's not bad to be always thinking about where could this go? But we have to stay grounded in, in what we do. And, and looking at new ideas, it does have to be approached cautiously. And, and I think that they, you can still be open-minded and, and cautious at the same time. But as we, as we approach these new ideas and we, and we do it cautiously, there is a, a time of discussion. And, and once it's decided, we're going to make a move on this. If we think that there's a time constraint, part of the factor is, can we make a move quickly enough to take advantage of the opportunity? And if we can't, then we're, we're not going to take advantage of it, right? Or if we can take advantage of it, we think it's wise, but it doesn't need to be moved on right now. It gets put on the, on the shelf for six months from now or a year from now. As you're building out your teams, I think that this idea of trust, humility, you know, respect, is super important. And, and as, as you think about all the opportunities in your business, like let's just take a, a, a small team that you might run, maybe it's your installation team. Well, there's all kinds of opportunities out there. And really another word for opportunity is problem to be solved. There's a bunch of problems to be solved. In fact, there's too many. So like with an installation team, think about like 
there's a lot of that. Which one is is the best one that's going to serve the mission of our company and get us the furthest down the road? And that's what we should go after. And then we have to have focus because once we've decided yes on this, we can't do everything else. We we you know we we've essentially said no in order for us to say yes. And with your team as you're as you're approaching this opportunity, you're going to have difficulty that comes up. You're going to have problems. I think what Christy said was really wise that as as problems come up, there's really two critical areas. There's humility and there's the ability to listen. On your teams, are your teams humble enough to say that was my mistake and and I own that. I'm really sorry. Or can your teams listen enough to say, yeah, like we keep making this mistake. My installation helper that, you know, has only been here for a week has mentioned this. You know, do I have ears to hear that if it's the right solution to the problem? This idea of when we solve problems, we're trying to make it about more than just me or you or whoever being right. It's about furthering the mission of why we're doing this. Is really important, and, and you might think, well, my installation team or with my salesperson, they're not in. They're not in this for any mission. I'll, I'll tell you just right now that that they will be if you communicate it to them. This mission doesn't have to be something like we're going to be curing cancer or we're going to make sure that every home in our town has a fireplace. Like it, it could be really practical. Like our mission is to create a place at work where everybody can afford to buy a house. I mean, this is a great mission, and I guarantee that is something that your installers will get behind. So as, as, they, as, they, as they have problems come up, it's a lot easier to be humble and listen if they're anchored in a mission of why you exist, and also if you as the, the key leader are leading the charge that way with humility and with an ability to listen. Finally, we ended the conversation talking about execution, and that's really important because I think one of the biggest things is that many people are able to read or listen or absorb content in one way or another, but fail to execute. And there's a lot of reasons why. But at the end of the day, being able to execute and get things done is absolutely everything. I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what you hear if you can't put it into practice. I think about that text from the, the book of James in the New Testament that says, faith without works is dead. And it's the same thing in your company, right? Like valuable content without execution is dead. You may as well not have heard it. And and so as as you hear these things or as your team hears these things from you, as, like you're, as you're teaching them, how are they going to execute? And I want to give you three things that kind of came up from this conversation. I, I think in order for us to actually execute and get things done, number one, we have to have an established team vision. Number two, everybody needs to clearly understand their individual tasks. And then number three, we need to meet regularly. It's amazing how that fosters getting things done, right? We have a shared vision. So we understand where we are going and why. We know our individual tasks towards that. We understand, okay, if we're going here, I personally am responsible for these exact things. And then through regular meetings, we can talk about accountability, having to report to the team how your progress is going. We can set deadlines, but it's that combination of an anchored vision, understanding clearly individual tasks, and then meeting regularly. 
you know, my hope is that there's a lot of value you got out of this. I think that just the dynamic of of listening to how a team works and talks to each other is powerful. And like I said, we are not a perfect team, but there is some very serious chemistry that we found. And that's the way that we've tried to build momentum to our mission, which is to serve hearth retailers to help them win and protect and grow our industry at large for the future. So as you're listening and formulating your own teams, I think that there are some things you can take away from that conversation. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash itsfiretime. Your contributions absolutely mean the world. We do not take it lightly, and they go towards outsourcing some of the administrative duties of this podcast so that we can have the highest level of content possible. Now, as you go into your week, I want you to think about who are the people on my team and what is one way that I can take a principle from this episode. Maybe it's the foundation of trust. Maybe it's giving authority. Maybe it's listening or being humble. But what is one thing that I can start to infuse in my team? I guarantee if you can lead the way in doing that, people will absolutely respond. So I hope you have an amazing week. And as always, we will be back very, very soon to talk again. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn it down.